Hello, beautiful. This is Reverend Jennifer Hadley, and the recording you're about to listen to is part of the 2011 Living a Course in Miracles teleclass. Our intention in offering this class is to give you clear tools and practices that you can use to align with love every day in every area of your life. No one can do your healing for you. You must decide to choose love in every moment to the very best of your ability. Remember, miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. Intend to live a miraculous life of love and share the benefits of your healing and your expansion with everyone because you're one with them. Please pause the recording before the class starts and write down your intention in listening to the class. Partner up with your own higher Holy Spirit self. And please go to jenniferhadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the class. I always begin with a breath of gratitude and I'm going to open us up here with a prayer. Karen is my prayer partner for well over a decade now and so we're very familiar with praying together. So I'm going to invite everyone to place their hand on their heart and take another breath of gratitude. And in this gratitude we're consciously lifting ourselves up above the vibration of lack and limitation. Another breath of gratitude, and we're partnering up with the higher self, the holy self, the higher Holy Spirit self, and invoking divine grace into our heart, into our mind, into our awareness, into our finances. And right now we're willing to open our mind to have a clear understanding of our finances from a spiritual perspective. So grateful and so thankful right now to let go of any idea or belief about lack or limitation. Accepting that abundance and prosperity, affluence, these spiritual qualities are omnipresent, omnipotent, And they are our true nature. They are our inheritance. And we're accepting that for ourselves right now. And we're accepting it for everyone because we're one with them. So everybody benefits because right now we are saying yes to healing. Any idea of not enough. And we are stepping into an awareness of our abundance that is everlasting. In grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Hmm. So this week in our class, Karen Russo is our teacher. She is the author of The Money Keys, The Money Keys, Unlocking Peace, Freedom, and Real Financial Power. And Karen Russo is a reverend, a minister. Her training is through the Holmes Institute and the Agape International Spiritual Center. And that's how we know each other. We have been friends for, 
I don't know, since 97, 98? Yeah, it's coming on 15 years probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I was a bridesmaid at her wedding, and uh, we're we're literally best friends. And I'm so excited to present Karen to everyone. She's not strictly a Course in Miracles student or teacher. However, she has studied the Course. And uh, I remember when I first discovered Disappearance of the Universe, Karen was one of the first people I called and said, you have to read this book. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we've been talking about the course for years, and our whole life is really centered around our spiritual practice and our spiritual understanding of ourselves as spiritual beings. So this is how we approach everything. This is how Karen approaches her life, her finances, her marriage. She's very, very practical and down to earth, and she's also very smart. And uh, I really appreciate Karen. She is one of my go-to people, and she has helped me understand all kinds of things in my life. She's really uh, a brilliant woman, and uh, I remember when she was preparing to write The Money Keys, when she was writing it, all of that, and having many conversations with her uh, about the, the nature of God and abundance and prosperity. So, uh, uh, the first, Karen, the first question I, I'm feeling called to ask you is, uh, for many people, it doesn't matter whether they're already wealthy or they're interested in becoming wealthy or they feel poor. Wherever they are in their finances, it's so easy to get completely identified with the ego around money. It's just like it's such an easy trip for almost everybody. And so what is the first step in stepping back from that sense of scarcity uh, or even just um, fear. Yeah. What, what is the first thing that you advise people? You know, I really recommend beginning with the willingness to have a deeper awareness about what you actually believe that money is. And so I'm going to suggest a possibility for people and just see if this can feel good rather than have you be suffering. And that is, what if money was not either the root of all evil or money was not the um, the golden chalice that will change things, you know, from the external? What if money was just a neutral substance and that the meaning we make about money is what has power and that we are the meaning makers? Like that idea is the one I invite people to try on. <laughs> Yeah, Jennifer, I'm hearing a little bit of feedback. How's my volume, and can you hear me just fine? Yeah, I think you sound great. I don't hear any feedback. Okay, good. So um, what if money was neutral, meaning has, has power, and we're the meaning makers? So, for example, I when I created the Money Keys message, what I did is I really said, you know, what are the people who are deeply connected to their spiritual truth and who have some efficacy and mastery in the material world, you know, what are they thinking, feeling, doing, saying, uh, believing about money? And over and over again, what I would find out, Jennifer, is that 
the individual that I would call a conscious wealth creator is someone who talks about money and thinks about money as more of a tool or a vehicle for expression rather than a thing to get. So I think of money more like communication or technology, that it's Mm -hmm. just a vehicle for expression. So, for example, the Internet, use it for good, use it for trivial. You know, it's but it's not... um, you know, the, the technology is not either the hero or the villain. You know, it's just a way that we express ourselves. Right. So, so, so many spiritual seekers have, and very often unconsciously, this belief that money is the root of all evil. And, of course, it's not. The root of all evil is simply desiring to be separate from other beings, and money has nothing to do with that. And if you think about it, I'll just build on that to say one of the best places to start is to benchmark or best practice or model yourself. So I know that every single one of your students, you know, who is a, who's a serious or casual or new or long-time Course in Miracles student has some area of their material living where they have absolutely integrated the, uh, you know, the feeling that this material expression, whether it is my relationship with food, how I am with the physical body, when I interact with animals, when I see the natural environment. You know, all of those things are what I would call of the material world, as in they have a beginning, middle, and an end. You know, they're, they're things that will come and go. And then there's, this, you know, the spiritual world is expressed in the material world, but the material expressions aren't everything that the spirit is. So I'm tangenting there, but then I'm coming back to say, if you can feel, I see the presence of God in the eyes of my child, or I know I can make my relationship with food a sacred practice, if you can do it with food or relationships or nature, you could do it with your money as well. Oh, that's really helpful. That is, that is really helpful because then we can simply see, oh, it's possible. Am I willing, going back to what you started with, the willingness, am I willing to change my mind about what money is or how money works? And what I make money mean about me, about myself, and about the world. Right. It's always about the meaning that we make of things. Yeah. And really, and this is, you know, we could do a, a, a mini exercise right now, which is, you know, have every person, uh, it's not bad to make it kinesthetic, it's like right now, put your hand on something that represents your money. So some of you could reach out and touch the, the computer screen if you do a lot of online mm-hmm. banking, or others could, you know, put find your wallet, or you could, um, you know, if your spouse mm-hmm. is nearby and they bring in cash, you know, but put your, you know, sort of like attach yourself to something that represents money and we're going to do a little, a little meaning workout. So you, right now, yeah, the little workout here. Well, so right now, consider your current financial circumstances. This would be the facts and data of your financial life. So some people will think about their net worth, their balance sheet, their cash flows in their business or their investments. Some people will think about their, if they have a job income or family income. Some people will think about uh, what they owe, you know, but whatever it is, just think about your current circumstances. And we're going to do two comparisons. And the first comparison will be, 
let's think about our current circumstances and then compare it to someone that we feel is better off. So you could compare your circumstances to, you know, the the number one person in your industry. So if you're a realtor, it could be the one who's, you know, she's doing million-dollar houses and yours are $200,000 houses. Or it mm-hmm. could be you compare yourself to the artist who's got, you know, this kind of bestseller and you're working at this level. Or you could compare yourself to someone on television, but someone that you think is better off. And, Jennifer, I don't know that you would – I'm going to even make you do this. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, so if you if you compare to someone better off, just notice the thoughts and feelings that you have. And so for you, what comes up? We're not making it wrong or right, but just um, – Well, I do have to say that I – I have really made a habit of not – well, I haven't made a habit of it. I've cleared myself of the habit of comparing myself to anyone, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it comes up occasionally, um, and it's, but it, I'm, I'm realizing as you're asking me that it doesn't come up so much financially. Um, I think the one thing that I would think of is I, I know that there are some – spiritual teachers that are very financially successful and I think that they don't have as many details to take care of and they can do things like go to Hawaii and write a book <laughs> and and not think about answering their emails or um, whether or not the blog gets written or just those kinds of things and I, I feel like I have a lot of details from teaching all these classes and if there was more financial flow uh i would be making money from the classes and doing less of it myself yeah so just and you know and thank you for that and you know i know sometimes for me when i when i and you know it's not this is not something i'm doing all the time but sometimes i look up and i think and i'll have a thought or a feeling that's kind of like a gosh, I wish I was there, or when I get there, it'll be different, or, you know, just the stuff that, that it's humanly possible to have. So, you know, that's one meaning we can make. Now, and then sometimes people will say, I feel either, you know, even the slightest bit of envy or a little bit of contempt or a little bit of judgment, you know, and don't make yourself wrong. You know, it's like we, we can only heal what we're aware of, but just notice that was our round one. We did that comparison. And now you're no, let me just yeah, sure. let me interject one thing in sure. here, Karen, because I've worked very, very diligently with my mind to release the habit of comparing, and for a long, long time, I really thought that i uh I couldn't have a have a relationship. I couldn't do all kinds of things until I was financially successful. I used to have mm-hmm. all these ideas that until I was financially successful, my life wouldn't really begin. Mm. And seriously, I had such an attachment to that idea and that I wasn't successful unless I was financially successful. And I had this idea of a kind of a fantasy wealth thing that I should accomplish in order to be successful. And uh, I had myself um, really pigeonholed into an idea of what I should be accomplishing and and should do and look like and all of these things and that uh, I 
I really had had such a limitation on myself that I was trapping myself in impossibility in yeah. terms of I was always delaying my happiness. My happiness, my fulfillment, my success was always somewhere in the future and never right where I was. Well, and isn't this it isn't this powerful? It's like to heal that part of what you reclaim is you reclaim this mistaken idea of putting something in the future based on circumstances in the present. Yeah. Well, well, and, and so many people uh, let me know, remind me all the time of what it feels like, because I don't feel this anymore, but I, I used to feel l- like a financial loser because I wasn't wealthy. Mm. And, 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 you know, it does seem, and Gary Renard has talked about this, and I think it's really helpful. He, he said, Karen, you'll appreciate this. He says that right now, particularly after the secret, and all this talk of the law of attraction, there is this very strong idea that being spiritually successful means that you will also be wealthy. Mm. And that be, being wealthy is a sign of good spiritual practice. And yet, he said, you know, a hundred years ago, it was the opposite. Well, it, well. It's so interesting to think about. You know, I actually think the digits and the numbers are really not what creates wealth. Right? I mean, it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, let's. Well, I, I want to give people their second round because yeah. I don't want to leave them in that comparison. Thing. So, so Thank the you. other. So, so round two. So, yeah, you bring yourself back to your current circumstances, and in round two, we just take we we feel into our current financial circumstances. So nothing's changed. Same digits. Same income. Same spouse same cash flows and now consider the billion of people on planet earth who tonight you know it's going to be really a struggle to get clean water and a safe place to sleep and if you think about your current circumstances and whether compare is the right word or contrast or just consider those individuals what most people will start to feel is a sense of like deep appreciation and gratitude for what we do have and many mm-hmm. I know many folks on this line will be feeling a call to like oh my goodness I've got to make a contribution you know I've got to kind of get up and what can I do to be helpful and how can I be of service and my particular gifts in the world are going to make a difference and be inspiring or beneficial to others like you immediately change your mind and attention just by having a different focus or point of view and the point is, your money hasn't changed. And I think that's, right. the, that's the mega message that I do want to give is that what I call real financial power, which is a really different way of defining wealth, is having a spirituality about money that's inspired and enthusiastic, not fearful, having beliefs, and you always talk about this, the mind, you know, thought, feeling, and conversation about money that is more about freedom and partnership and choice, not about bondage and will lose and then having habits you know your consistent behaviors with money that are really in the flow of circulation and generosity which puts you in order instead of overwhelm and when you have that you have a sense of peace of mind about money that is independent of circumstances and it's really my um you know my message my gift to the world is hey you can have that right now you know it doesn't matter whether you've had you know, a bankruptcy or a foreclosure or you lost a job or, you know, you made a killing in the real estate market or your portfolio has tripled or um, you have a kind of law of attraction 
style, uh, you know, red car, fabulous necklace thing going. Like, like your circumstances don't define those three things I just talked about. Well, that's it. And there are so many forgiveness issues mm. related. Of course, The Course in Miracles is all about forgiveness. And there are so many forgiveness issues when it comes to our finances, forgiving ourselves, forgiving other people. Yes. And, you know, that's um, – and I should actually remind people that right in Chapter 5 of The Money Keys is my interview with you about the power of – the metaphysical power of forgiveness and changing our beliefs. So, you know. That's right. But, and we, uh, we embedded it there because forgiveness is really the technology – you know, I, I guess um, the other thing I'll let people – so you've, you've released your hands from your your – money source and and um maybe we'll talk about the three areas and how forgiveness plays in i think that might be yeah like because there's three different areas there's your spirituality your beliefs and your habits and um in each of those areas there can be what i call a money trap and then a key to escape so maybe so shall we do that we'll talk about each of the three and really that sounds great okay and i know um that your folks are good students and want a practical tip. So I think in each area we'll talk about the trap, the spiritual principle that lets you escape. I'll give you a a mini little story and then also a very practical tip. Thank you. And I would say for those of you that are visual, you could even um, draw a stick figure on a piece of paper and put the cute shoes on it if it's you. And, you know, I have a little (laughs) curly hair. and Make it you. So you draw a little stick figure and... uh, so we're going to have you look at it, and we're going to have you feel it, too. And it feels like, Jennifer, we should start with the spirituality. Like, sometimes if I do if I do a message for the wealth builders, I'll sometimes start with habits. But I think with this group, we'll start with the spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first area, and you could draw a little cloud above your head, the first area around your experience of money is your spirituality about money. And this really is... The area where the trap or the challenge that people get into is fear. And I call it the trap of scarcity. And it's the feeling of not enough, of lack. And you'll know you're in fear and scarcity and lack if what you have is a lot of anxiety and concern, particularly about the future. Because right now, I mean, if people are listening to this message, it's pretty clear that they're likely tonight, safe place to sleep, clean water, needs met, you know, like present moment, you know, usually mm-hmm. usually like the fear, you know, like there's not an imminent physical threat going on right now. Mm-hmm. When we get into futurizing about what might not be there, that's when we'll feel the fear. So when you so feel... So true. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? Just, you know, just... And, and it's actually a very... I mean, one of the simplest ways to get to get out of fear is to get, you know, as present as you can with yourself, which is where the Holy Spirit is, which is where reality is. You know, it's just... It's, well, and releasing judgments, you know, yeah. making the meaning of, you know, that we are stupid, you know, because very often when people have uh, money challenges, they go right to making the meaning that somehow they're stupid, they're bad, they're wrong. Or that someone else is and someone has done this to them. Yeah. Or that um, somehow God, Holy Spirit, higher power is somehow separated from them. That they're so, you know, I mean, it's really like when. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, and that's what causes, like, like the, I mean, that is suffering, right? It's like the idea that we're separate. And, uh, and people pray for money. So they're praying for stuff. 
and then it doesn't show up, and then they think that God isn't listening to them or God doesn't exist. And and I will tell you, this is the place so that, you know, the trap is scarcity. And really, like, when you're fearful about money, it's more about what you have faith in than it is about your finances. And mm. here's the key. The key is the principle of unity or oneness. You know, it's the wholeness. It's to it's to cultivate the experience of our oneness in the divine, you know, the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because when we have that, what drops away is that sense of fear and worry and doubt. And the big distinction here, and I know, Jennifer, you are such a, a master at teaching this, the big distinction here is the difference between the spiritual source and the material channels through which money flows. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to now sing to the choir here, but with with our financial life, if you are seeking to get material channels, you know, more revenue in your business, a bigger mailing list, um, you know, trying to get that spouse to be more generous, get, you know, if you're looking for the material thing on the outside to bring you the security, something in you will always, will always doubt that security because something in you knows that the material things can come and go. So no matter how fabulous they are, and I am certainly not one to be against the wonderful necklaces and great real estate portfolios and all those things. I mean, it's just God's right there too, right? But <laughs> if you think that's bringing you the security, you will always, always have doubt and fear. So the key is, is build your relationship with the source. And uh, I will tell a little story, and then we'll go into our practical tip. But there's a beautiful woman, I'll call her Kathy, and when I met her, she was filled with anxiety because her business had changed. For years, she had created uh, plastic tchotchke things, those little leave-behind things for the mortgage uh, industry. So little, you know, like you'd put your first American mm-hmm. mortgage stuff on a little plastic thing and leave it behind, and that was her business. And she was affected by people don't want to buy plastic stuff anymore and the mortgage industry cutting way back on that kind of marketing. So when I met her, she was frozen. She Every morning, she'd go into her office, and she, she literally was just frozen with fear. And so we said, let's get her started dissolving that money trap of scarcity by developing her spiritual practice so she could have a sense of peace. And she would go into her quiet room and do her peace be still meditation and really develop, and this is what I know your folks are really keen about, is you develop Mm -hmm. a spiritual practice where you, you commune with the source. You feel that presence within you. And you start to really understand like the limitless, loving nature of life itself that is your truth and for Kathy like her shoulders would relax she would calm down and then she could get up and go into her you know go into her office and make clear-headed you know present moment decisions and she started reaching out and her business now is she does uh, sustainable water bottles for the national parks you know wow I know it's like a beautiful um, business for her that's very inspiring, and she feels a sense of peace. Now, she still has to, you know, I mean, she's living in the material world where she has to make phone calls and do things, but she's calm, and that makes all the difference. So what I'm hearing in this is just to kind of recap, and what I say all the time is partner up. I partner mm-hmm. up. I partner up with the higher self, the holy self, the Holy Spirit, and not relying on my own perceptions and my own projections of my opinions and judgments, but rather making myself available 
to divine insight, clarity, and wisdom, which is going to remind me that the source is unlimited. The other thing is where you were talking about when we are in scarcity thinking and we're feeling anxious, whenever we're in scarcity thinking, we're going to feel anxious, and where are we putting our faith? And what I'm reminded of is you and I studied the teachings of Ernest Holmes together, and he talks about worry being the negative use of faith, putting our faith in something other than God. Mm. Beautifully said. And so, you know, my tip, it's interesting, I was going to come on and say... um, Use gratitude as a practice, but I'm feeling something different, Jennifer. My practical encouragement for this, for this, you know, community of people is you're already meditating and praying. My tip is bring your money life onto your meditation cushion. At least once in the coming week, you know, after you hear this message, deliberately, um, rather than escape your financial life in your meditation, Really practice the unity. You know, bring, whether it is the income statement from your business, you gotta make payroll this month, or, you know, whether it is, um, you know, a bill that needs to be paid, or whether it is, you know, your book proposal, or your, your marketing plan. You know, bring your money situation onto your meditation cushion, and really incorporate it into your spiritual practice. So that it's like you're partnering up with the Holy Spirit, and you're finding the, the spiritual inspiration, enthusiasm, abundance, supply, and wisdom that's inherent in all of life and therefore is there for you as you are working in whatever capacity that you're working in. So that would be my, my practical encouragement. So in doing that, would we be, uh, instead of saying, uh, God, bring me a six-figure deal, we 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 would be what? What would we be doing? Because we don't want to be asking for stuff. No, I would say it's um, God in my um, in my pursuit of this six figure deal. Show me your wisdom as me. Let me Beautiful. be. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like like let me in my because you know I also don't want to I don't want to dampen people's like if you know if people are going after you know if, you know you're getting that big whale of a deal. Go for it. Go with God. That's us. So I'm actually saying, like, like, help me bring the fullness of the divine as me into this work that I do. Let me let it be of service. Let me be let me be serving the divine through what I'm doing. Yes. Yeah. So not separating our financial life from our spiritual life, bringing them together. Yes. And that's you know I I think that's also like you've been such a model to me, Jennifer of. Um, you know, sometimes when people have businesses and activities, there can be, and we're going to move it, we're going to move into the second area, the area of beliefs in just a moment, but, you know, and there can be disappointments and upsets and, you know, client doesn't pay this and extra expense here and all these kinds of things. When you really understand, like, God is my source, not this material channel, you start to have a sense of relaxation and, and like, you're, you're divinely supported, so you're less, like, desperate, upset, and, at the at the effect of people, places, and things. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to move to the next area. I should probably remind people, so I'm covering, you know, and I love that Jennifer said, write your ahas down. So I'm covering the three areas. We just covered the spirituality, the trap of scarcity, the principle of unity, and the using your spiritual practice to find peace. 
And I'm going to cover the two other areas, and I'll just let people know that we do have a bonus gift of the book chapter, Escaping the Money Traps, and an audio guide that you can get at themoneykeys.com, which is a great follow-up resource. So if you go to themoneykeys.com, you'll have all of these you know, elements to put together your money map in detail. All right. And that's totally free, right? Yes, that's completely free. It's very easy to get. You just go to themoneykeys.com, put in your information and click through and you'll be you'll go to your inbox and click through and you'll get a link to the downloads page. Thank you. Yeah. And then let's talk about so you were so good about, you know, the so the next area is beliefs and if you're looking at your stick figure or feeling it on your own body, I put, you know, Jennifer, I like I almost think the mind is like in the solar plexus, you know, cuz because our beliefs are the sum total of the thought that we're thinking, like the content, held in place by the emotional reaction and intensity, our feelings, and then it's codified or anchored by our conversation. And that is our inner conversation and our outer conversation. Mm-hmm. And the trap in the beliefs area about money is what I call superstition. And it's everything you just said about feeling that if you're in superstition, I call it the jail of your money past because what you're thinking about is what they did or didn't do to me or for me. And that could be the government, a spouse, a business partner, the markets, the corporations, the the this, the that. You know, you've got a whole a they out there. Or it could be guilt and shame about my own financial choices. So, you know, I know people who are carrying really painful uh, legacy of shame around a business investment or a debt or an activity or a choice or a missed opportunity. And when you're in superstition, you will know it because you're going to feel the emotions of anger, resentment, shame, guilt, frustration. And that's like the core. I mean, I think the core of The Course in Miracles message is really like when those things come up, that literally is the sensation of separation being fed by beliefs that are really lies. Mm-hmm. And you know, the key here to escape superstition, I, I could say it's using the laws of co-creation. And we could do a whole hour on the nuances of, you know, do you call it the law of attraction or the law of cause and effect, the law of projection, mm-hmm. the law of... Mm-hmm. I use the law of co-creation to mean you can use the power of your mind for good. <laughs> and you co-create with the divine. So you really, this is the partnering up in your beliefs. And you say, Holy Spirit, fill my mind with thoughts of partnership and possibility. Allow my emotions to be emotions of hope and generosity. Allow my conversation to be conversation of love, not fear. And when you start to activate the beliefs you do want, what you're really doing is you're engaging in a forgiveness process. You recognize the judgments and the feeling of being bound that you had. And frankly, people sometimes, very sophisticated people, are really seeing themselves as money victims. You know, if you've got any story that they should be doing it differently, um, there may be some victimization going on there. I don't want to be, you know, getting all up in people's faces because it's a pretty sophisticated group. Yeah, but we I will... all have that. We all we have do. that. And yeah. it doesn't matter whether our – seriously, it doesn't matter whether our brother broke our bicycle or whether the the uh, we ordered the thing from the company that never sent it or we uh invested with Bertie Madoff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or yeah. our 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 pension is uh, you know, 
Enron lost it, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yep, we all have little ones and big ones all the time. And we suffer when we have those. We suffer. Oh, we do. We do. And this is where, you know, and this is, I think, you know, really your expertise. I'll just speak about it from a financial point of view. But, you know, the process of forgiveness is always becoming aware of the judgments and the thoughts, choosing to have the healing, to release the feeling, to allow it to dissipate, and then to ask, you know, the Holy Spirit to invite in the presence of God to co-create with us, to direct our consciousness toward the thing that we desire to be. And it really is not the desire to have, the desire to be. And it is possible, like I'll tell a quick story about a beautiful young woman, I'll call her Grace. And when I met her, you know, she was in her early 30s, and it was so interesting because she really, she had this feeling that, that, um, that, you know, her opportunities to be a successful entrepreneur had passed her by. So she had done some direct marketing with a cosmetic company, and she dabbled in real estate. It hadn't gone well. And when I met her, she was um, a risk analyst for a tire company, you know, eight to ten hours a day in a cubicle. And she was saying to me, I feel like, you know, um, that I'm really, you know, I've really made some terrible mistakes. And so we said, you gotta, you got to work on your beliefs area and let go of this superstition and do some forgiveness so you can really create what you want to create. And so she was willing to, you know, go out in the parking lot at lunchtime and write her self-forgiveness letters and read Chapter 5 of the Money Keys and call her prosperity partner and released so much of this idea of lack and loss and self-judgment. And she started to activate her own creativity, her natural sense of, you know, of mastery and play and partnership. And it was very interesting. Instead of, she thought that she would have to um, invest like six to nine months and find you know, and find some seed money and get money out of her 401k to to start a venture capital firm to be able to mentor other women in entrepreneurial ventures. And it turns out that instead she ended up being a bit of a uh, superstar at the tire company, getting sent around to do part-time gigs when people had, you know, like take over, you know, financial jobs in various plants. So she got to travel around a bunch, which she loved to do. And she decided to stay, and then she ended up doing a mentoring gig at her alumni, her college alumni, to help young women with entrepreneurial ventures. Like, things turned out for her to be so much easier and more graceful and more celebrated. Like, her, that she really found a sense of freedom on the other side of it because she shifted and she forgave. See, that's the kind of thing that, you know, in, in A Course in Miracles, it talks about the script is already written. And last week, the class with John Mundy, he talked a, a bit about this and helping us understand that script. And it's interesting how really these classes, even though when we ordered things, I had a sense of where they were going. It's so clear that the Holy Spirit is directing everything because we started with forgiveness week one. Week two was trust and faith. And then last week was how to turn the other way when the ego seems to have a grip on us. And so looking at the script is already written. And so these experiences of mistakes uh, are really opportunities for us to learn. If we're willing to forgive, then we can harvest the learning and do as your your person is t- did. She forgave herself. 
She, which really means giving up the judgment that she made a mistake. Instead, she's learning, as we all are. I mean, who is not learning in their financial life hmm. of what is a good idea, what is uh, an idea that's going to lead to, you know, um, uh, less money or more money, less pro- experience of prosperity. And we're learning that every day. Yeah, now that's investments or even just, you know, this, whether we buy the thing at, you know, sometimes I'll buy something at Whole Foods and it's $8 and then I see, oh, Trader Joe's has it for $4 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's all, I could, I could say I made a terrible mistake giving Whole Foods my money. No, no, now I know something. There's nothing to forgive. There's just, I'm gathering wisdom, yeah. gathering wisdom, yeah. my experience is teaching me. And when we forgive, then the Holy Spirit guides us to a new opportunity. Yes. And that is our practical homework for this area, is choose a very specific financial forgiveness. So everyone Mm -hmm. choose something really specific. And I would say, you know, there's no bigger little in God. So sometimes... You know, I've noticed that sometimes people will have the long story of the family inheritance that went bad or the invested with someone and the principal disappeared or, you know, they'll have something that, that seems sort of big and they think that's the thing to forgive. And, of course, it is. And I've also noticed, Jennifer, that sometimes there's subtle, smaller scale things that we are literally carrying around as a horrible burden. So the encouragement would be is, you know, when you get a little quiet time after you – hear this class is really to pause and see what is the what is the most fruitful financial forgiveness for me to work with and the most fruitful one will be the one that on the other side of it frees you up to be more in the present moment which is where all the creativity is all of the service opportunities are all of the great ideas are you know if I mean Jennifer if you walked around you know, worried about the price, you know, prices at Whole Foods and Trader Joe's. If that was staying with you as something to worry about, you wouldn't be as present for your, your students and your classes. You know, that's the whole, like one of the big points, the practical point of forgiveness is get in, you know, honey, get out of the past, get in the present moment. This is where all the good is. So, you know, like, come join us. It's so true. Well. And, you, you know, I, I, I see these, op- you know, I'm very price conscious because I've, I've never had tons of money to just throw around. So, and I was raised in a family where there was a scarcity thinking, superstitious thinking, and fear around money. As many people my age, so my grandparents survived the depression. Mm-hmm. And that trickled down to my parents. My parents were educators. So they didn't have a lot of money either. And so there was this sense of, you know, you have to really account for every penny. Mm-hmm. And, and we did. We had to, because we, we didn't have um, uh, just, you know, unlimited funds and resources. So everything was accounted for. And um, now when I see that I have overpaid in one store and I could have gotten it, now I just say to myself, oh, good to know. Mm. I'm learning. Good to know. This is good information. But in the past, I would think, oh, you stupid. You made a mistake. Oh, yeah. I don't do that anymore. And I will tell you, this is like, so everybody who's listening is like, what Jennifer just shared, like that's that right there, that is living A Course in Miracles. 
it's like you you apply these things in your daily living and you open up to something so you know just so you're so much more present to give your gifts absolutely i i can honestly tell you that there was a, a long period in my life you know until not that many years ago where if i overspent on something by even just a few dollars it could literally dampen my energy i would feel upset with myself i would be judging myself for the entire day like i could ruin a whole day by that wow i'm so you know i'm I'm just thinking everybody who's who's one of your students is really thinking like i'm so glad that that is not happening now we need you girlfriend we need you doing what you're doing (laughs) well all right just i you know and i have gone on vacations and i have ruined uh meals and things in in beautiful restaurants because they were, I thought, overcharging for some oh. item on the menu. Yeah. <sighs> we love the freedom. Don't do All that right. anymore. Good. Well, we, we have got to get to the habits area. So I want people to wiggle your fingers and toes, and you could draw a little, you, if you've got your stick figure, draw a little cloud at the bottom where you, this is where, you know, you, people will say you, uh, you need to, you know, pray and move your feet. This is the habits area is your behaviors with money. And there's a spiritual call here with our consistent money behaviors. So in the area of habits, the trap people can get into is what I call survival mode. And that's financial quicksand. It's like being overwhelmed with the transactions and the management and the systems of our money lives. And Yeah, and I will tell you the reason survival mode is so awful is not that you're a bad person or you just need a better team or more money. It's that when you're in survival mode, your energy is being drained. You're being distracted. And you'll know you're in survival mode if you've got unreconciled accounts, if you've mixed your personal and your business, if you have money mess, if there are secrets, if you don't know where you're at financially because you can't get the information if you've got legal stuff that hasn't been taken care of, so I, I will go. I couldn't go on and on, but I won't. But if you're in survival mode, you're you're probably having your energy drained. And the call here—it's interesting, Jennifer. The key to escape is the law of circulation. Circulation. Mm-hmm. All of life is giving and receiving. And when we're in that—I use the infinity symbol. When we're in that infinite flow of giving and receiving, there's those qualities, and you'll often say it, the affluence, the flow, the movement, the circulation. Money energy, like all kinds of material expressions, when there's healthy flow and balance and movement, there's really an opportunity for greater like contribution and sharing and generosity. So the, it's really, I'll tell a quick story about, uh, we'll call him Thomas, a wonderful young man who a couple of years ago um, and you'll sort of catch the economic and contemporary feeling of this, but a couple of years ago, um, he's, you know, a big uh, networking guy, a very creative type. He said, I'm going to start an Internet cafe in downtown of a southwestern city. And uh, he did what many new business owners will do. He signed a bunch of personal, you know, he became personally responsible for equipment and leases and all of this. And when the economy and that downtown area shifted fast, Within just, you know, 75 days, he ended up with a personal bankruptcy. Like, he was not able to sustain um, personal responsibility for those business commitments. And when I met him, you know, spiritual guy, he said, Reverend Karen, I'm going to have to start with my habits. Because he realized that he had always had some subtle kind of contempt 
or the accounting and the boring and the math parts of the business. And uh, for him, he realized that he had to give it his attention. So this is the giving and receiving piece. He had to give his sacred attention to those systems and those transactions in order to receive, like, inspiration, the thing you were talking about, the learning and the flow. So what he would do, his life was very simple at that point, but he started to track his accounts almost on a daily basis. He'd give thanks for the 100% that came in from a couple of modest different sources, and then he would bless that which was circulating out. And at the time I met him, he said, oh, I'm going to start my own coaching business. I want to coach artists who want to start, you know, so that they won't make the mistakes I did. And when he began by really looking, sharpening his habits, what he realized is that he was like, Papa needs cash flow. He went out and got a part-time job, not too glamorous. I think he was a receptionist at a healing center. But because he was being an excellent steward by giving his attention to his financial flows, he was able to have a platform to launch his coaching business, not out of desperation, but out of this like confidence. And so he ended up doing very well as an individual coach. He's now the director of education for a coaching institute. You know, he's done, he's done really well, and he still has this friendly relationship with tracking and managing his money. So the, the, you know, the practical tip I want to give here, Jennifer, is I encourage people to have, to create a giving and receiving spiritually inspired money management system where I'm going to suggest three minimum categories for circulating your money. Whether you are, you know, the stay-at-home parent who's managing family finances or whether you've got a $3 million real estate business or something in between or some of all of it, I encourage everyone to give thanks for the 100% that comes in and then I, I really do encourage tithing, which is you give thanks for the 100% and you leave 10%, a tithe, a tenth behind with your spiritual source. If you don't do a tenth, I recommend you do something off of the top. And our dear friend Harv Ecker says, do it off the top, you'll never miss it. Do it off the bottom, you would never do it. <laughs> so I really mm. encourage the, the spiritual giving off of the top. And I really think of it... You know, I give thanks for the 100% and I leave some behind with the people and institutions that spiritually inspire me. And then, Can you sure. say just a little bit more about tithing because there's a lot of, and, and just so you know on the clock, Karen, we're going to go to uh, approximately an hour from where we started the class. Oh, cool. So we've got so about, we, We've got right. more time because this is a question I get a lot of people yeah. asking about the tithing. And there's nothing in A Course in Miracles specifically about tithing. So can you just explain what that means? Sure. So um, I would say tithing is a very specific practice under the larger category that I would call spiritual giving. But tithing originated from – it's really an interesting practice. It originated from – agricultural societies that were really wise about when you would till the soil in the field, that when you would harvest your crops, you would literally leave 10% of the harvested crop behind into the soil to nourish the soil. Like that's one of the early ideas of tithing. And the word tithe, T-I-T-H-E, means a tenth. So then for thousands of years, various religious traditions and various secular traditions have had this idea that when good or money is collected, 
it is a spiritually healthy form of circulation and gratitude to give a portion of what is received, freely sharing it with the places that represent our spiritual nourishment, which is unending. And so when one is a giver, when one's a spiritual giver or a tither, what happens is I feel it makes you it makes you put like, you know, I mean, if you say you're a spiritual person, but you're screaming at your kids, um, you know, it, it, it's like you, you really sort of know, like, wow, if I can't put it into, you know, this is a hard place to put into practice in my parenting, but I've got to. You know, if you're a spiritual person, you're going to practice it with your practice it with your money. So here's how you do it. You say, thank you, Holy Spirit, infinite source behind all the channels. I, I bless this channel. I have a relationship with the source behind the channel, and to symbolize that, I am going to share a portion of what comes in with the people, institutions, places that provide me spiritual nourishment. So when we give or tithe, you know, if we do it at 10% of the tithe, if we do it at one-tenth of 1%, I call it spiritual giving. I don't diminish it. It's like it's not, um, I, I think, you know, the energy and the circulation is very powerful. Um, so don't wait until you have a lot and then you're going to give. You want to give, you know, from the get-go. Um, and you give to to the places where you feel you receive spiritual nourishment. So it could be A Course in Miracles teacher. It could be a musician who inspires you. It could be a spiritual center that is uh, an inspiring place for you. It could be a cause that lifts you up. You know, so those are all places where you could circulate from the good that you receive. But it's different than charity. It is different than charity. So when you give, so charitable giving is a wonderful thing. Um, sometimes what can happen is when one gives to charity, we give out of a sense of need or responsibility or even even a sense of pity or a, a sense of compassion. And while that is a beautiful thing is to give to a place that where there's need, um, I like to distinguish spiritual giving and tithing is you give with no expectation of how the money is used, you don't um you don't need to follow up, you don't need to tell them how to use it. And I will say the most satisfying tithing that I've ever done is when I've done it somewhat anonymously or kind of out of the blue to surprise, you know. Like it's just I give because I think where and I I do it every day, every week on Money Monday. So on Money Monday I sit down and in the Money Keys business I bless every deposit that's come in and then off of the top I say, Thank you God for my spiritual source. Let me circulate, let me leave behind 10% by circulating to the places and people that have inspired our ministry. And, you know, Bill and I, as I'm married late in life, and the big fellow and I, we do our tithing for the, you know, the the good that comes to our family. And I will tell you, it, what the, you know, the gift that gives the tither is there's a sense of generosity and possibility and flow that is unmatched, unmatched mm-hmm. when you're, when you're a generous giver. It's true. It is so true. And it, another thing is, when we're tithing, writing those tithing checks, there is, you are affirming, I am abundant, I am prosperous, I have money. Mm. And when, when we think that we don't have enough money to share, uh, in that way, then we're affirming that we don't have enough, so what are we going to experience if what we're experiencing in life is what we're thinking? Mm. If we're affirming that we don't have, then isn't that what we're going to be experiencing more of? Yeah. And, you know, this idea of um, 
uh, so I would, you know, I would say a very practical tip would be to start now. And, and the thing with tithing, it's like I think of it like meditating. Like if you if you missed your meditations last week, you don't have to catch up for the rest <laughs> of your life, right? It's like just start just start today. And that's mm-hmm. how I feel about tithing. I feel like don't make it an accounts payable. Don't worry about the past. Start now. Start in this holy instant right now. I and, love uh, Money Monday too. That's oh, it's great. It's great. You know, Money Monday. And I will tell you, if when folks um, when they get their you know Money Key Starter Kit, you'll also see that I. You know, I do a couple of times a month, I'll do success stories and tips. And on our Facebook group page, Money Monday, we always, that's a place you can go and say, this week I'm tithing to this, this week I'm doing that. You know, we, it's, it's a habit and it's um, a joy. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Oh, Jennifer, so we've covered, we've, so we've covered like the three areas. So I'm just, you know, if you've got your stick figure, or you're thinking of yourself, we covered the spiritual. Moving from scarcity to peace, we covered the beliefs, moving from superstition to freedom, and we covered habits, moving from survival mode into order and flow. Wow. Very inspiring. I know for me, one of my challenges, as you well know, is the the habits and being in survival mode because I... And I know this is true for many other spiritual seekers. I, I'd rather be with God than be with the paperwork. And sometimes I can think, well, it's better for me to spend an extra half hour in my spiritual practice than it is for me to balance my checkbook. And what I have learned is for me, the healthiest way for me to live my life is to have no separation mm. in my life so every part of my life is my spiritual practice. Yes. 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 And the 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 most challenging place for me to take my spiritual practice is into the bookkeeping and the details. Mm. It really is. Yeah. I honestly admit that. Well, you know, in some ways, think about it, Jennifer. That's why you have a friend like me. <laughs> true, <laughs> it's true. And I, and you know what, people may be hearing is so. So, for example, I've always admired Reverend Jennifer Hadley because you make your food and nutrition and tea and supplements like you have that so up level that it is like there is not a thing that you that you eat that is not like a blessed part of your spiritual practice. You have that so rocked, right? And yeah, very, even if it's frozen yogurt, yes. Uh, oh, for, it doesn't, you know, you, it's not that, and you or don't. cookies. Right, you, it, but it's always like, you know, you're, ble- it's, you know that, right? And yeah. you happen to have a friend, and people, people will be hearing, one of the things you've heard tonight is, or if you're listening to the replay, you're hearing a teacher, I am God positive, and I'm money positive, which is, sometimes you're like, huh, you know, what's going on with that woman? Why, you know, what is that vibration about her? The I, Love money. Love that accounting stuff. Love numbers. I read Fortune magazine and I care about this stuff and I like investments and, you know, I just happen to like all that stuff. So it's very easy for me to feel like, ooh, this is part of my spiritual practice. So you don't have to become like me or like Reverend Jennifer. You're going to be like yourself, right? But you've got some, yeah, you've got some models here 
of the possibility of living the principles of the Course in Miracles in every area of your life. That's it. That's really it. Because for somebody else, gardening would be, mm. they'd be, have gardening magazines and they'd be, in, gardening is part of their spiritual practice. So that's what we're doing in Living a Course in Miracles is seeing where we are excluding God from our life and how can we get our awareness into God is all that there is. And we are spiritual beings having this human experience. So we're bringing God into everything and releasing all sense of separation. And, you know, that, that takes me back to the beginning of where we started, Karen. And I, I, I wanted to share with you and with everybody who's participating in the class, lesson number one in the workbook of A Course in Miracles is Nothing I see in this room means anything. Mm. So, and then the lesson number two is, I have given everything I see in this room all the meaning that it has for me. So we are the ones who assign meaning to things. So let us assign the meaning to everything that this is an opportunity for me to heal the habits of separation. This is an opportunity for me to recognize my divinity and the divinity of all life. And so it doesn't matter whether we're buying a stamp at the post office or we're balancing our checkbook or we're considering an investment or whether we're recognizing that it's time for us to forgive. Whatever the financial past has been, it's time for us to get ourselves clear of the past being present in the moment to the holy opportunity that this instant has for us. Mm. So money is not the root of all evil. And while it appears that money separates the poor from the wealthy, that too is an illusion. We're all one. Yeah. And, you know, it's very, a uh, final kind of a thing here, it's very common for people to judge other people around their money. And when we do that, then we are tying ourselves to them through yeah. that judgment, and we are creating that deep sense of fear and suffering. So we can forgive and be free. Release the judgments and the habits of judging. Wow. Wow. This has been so good. You know, I also want to share, Karen, you have, when people order, I know I got it from you, with the the money keys, I I got the book and the CD, and um, this was part of, I think, the 21-day program. With the glossy affirmation. Yes, I want to talk about that dollar bill because I love that. I know. I have it on my desk. It's so good. So what uh, Reverend Jennifer is talking about is a glossy $100 bill. So it's U.S., but, you know, you you can enjoy it wherever, whatever currency you're into. And the affirmation is, I love and respect myself enough to live a financially prosperous and responsible life. And that beautiful affirmation, it comes when you buy what we call the prosperity pack. So if you go to um, themoneykeys.com slash prosperity.html, 
themoneykeys.com slash prosperity.html, you'll see a place where you can get the book and the CD and the glossy affirmation, and it would be $30 list price, but you get it for $19.99, and we ship it right to your door, and you get the hardcover book with all the exercises in it, and you get that wonderful audio, and that glossy $100 bill, people love it, and it's, it's such a beautiful affirmation. It is. I love it, and having that affirmation uh, right there on my desk, and um, I actually have a couple of them because you're my friend, and I've I've asked you to give me a few extras. I I have on my altar as well because that affirmation is really helpful to me. I love and respect myself enough to live a financially prosperous and responsible life. And for me, like I said, my my issue is in that that devil's in the details habits thing of thinking that somehow it's holier for me to be in meditation than it is for me to be responsible. And uh, I've had to let that go. That's a false belief. My whole life is my spiritual practice and not creating anything in my life that is um, done poorly that I could judge myself for is an important part of my spiritual practice. So my intention is to do everything that I do well, to do it to the best of my ability, and to do it with excellence. And that's where I get challenged every day, and so my practice deepens every day because I am challenged every day. And it used to be I hated those challenges. I had an aversion to them. It would bring up all my stuff, and now it brings up my stuff, and I say, good, my stuff is up for healing, and that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in the healing. So everybody has the area of their life where they're, they're really ego challenged. This is a lot of what I'm going to be talking about in the homework class, which is 12 hours from now, uh, really getting into uh, doing that healing around the money and uh, the past. So stay tuned for the class tomorrow. And just before we're going to pray out here, I, I tell you, Karen, it's so clear to me that we, we could do a couple of classes around this. I can mm. feel how much people's energy is moving around this. I feel it in my heart very, very strongly. And so the great thing to know is right now we're doing everything we can to bring ourselves into the present moment. And now is the time to make the commitment to yourself to be prosperous and responsible. And so what will support that might be making an appointment to listen to the replays, and bring a couple of friends with you, relatives, study group partners, so that you can make agreements to support each other and hold yourselves accountable with love and with compassion. So, Because we all have made financial mistakes that, like Karen has made financial mistakes that I just think are part of her growth, whereas for her, she had to forgive herself, mm-hmm. and I, and vice versa. So that's we're prayer partners. We've been prayer partners for over 12 years. So that's what we we help each other with is we can help each other dissolve the judgments. So by make appointment to listen to the replays together, to pause, to think about these, to apply, and do the work that Karen's talking about. You know, get when you pause the recording, you can get really clear. You can have a great discussion with your prayer partner and 
do the healing work. Because that's what's going to make a difference in your life. Listening to the class isn't going to make a difference in your life. Doing the practices that Karen's talking about, that's what's going to make a difference. So I really encourage you to go get your free stuff at themoneykeys.com and put it into practice. So uh, you've got 48 hours to listen to this replay, and I think that's everything that I'm going to share before I pray out. Anything you'd like to share before the final prayer, Karen? Yes, I want to remind everyone that it was my sweet Jennifer when you and I were sitting in Manhattan Beach and we were doing some visioning around the money keys and uh, what came out of our visioning was this idea you know ultimately it's not about the money it's about what's the money for and that's what I want to leave people with is like you know it's really the material world it's really like it's about like how is this serving you being the highest and best that you're here to be, you giving your gifts, you learning your lessons, you expressing the the wholeness of the magnificent that you are. What's the money for in your life? Hmm. <laughs> I remember that very well. What's yeah. the money for? So let's all place our hand on our heart and take a breath of gratitude together and be so grateful and so thankful that we can forgive our mistakes. And in doing so, open ourselves to harvest the learning and the wisdom from what we have judged to be a mistake. It then becomes a learning experience and we can share the benefits with everyone. In taking another breath of gratitude, we consciously partner up with the Holy Spirit, with the higher self, the Holy Self, and invoke divine grace into our awareness where we are willing to remember that there is one source and one supply because there's only one. And right now, we're recognizing that the supply is infinite and the supply is wisdom. The supply is creativity. It is clarity. It is harmony. It is joy that is unconditional, not related to circumstances not related to money. So any negative meaning we have made around money, right now we're making a holy offering of that negativity. We're giving it to the higher self, the Holy Spirit self, for healing. We're not interested in blame and shame anymore. We're not interested in regret and resentment and thoughts of revenge anymore. We're interested in knowing our freedom the freedom to be financially prosperous, the freedom to love and to tithe and to share from the overflow of divine love flowing in our heart, in our life, in our mind, now and forevermore. We're so grateful and thankful to share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we joyfully let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Karen. I learned a lot from this Mm. class, and I appreciate you. Thank you Um, so much. I love you so much, sweetheart, and love to everybody who's been on tonight. Really wonderful. I love you all. Thank you. 
And I'll be back with you in less than 12 hours. Yay! (laughs) Good night, everyone. This is Jennifer Hadley again. I invite you to remember that your dedication to your life of love is the best gift that you can share with the world. Love is the only healer, and it's always available to you for the asking. Remember, too, that you cannot have that which you're unwilling to share. Share the love today. Love out loud and know that all boats rise on this holy tide of love. Thank you for joining us. Please go to jenniferhadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day.